Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. That was a good one. You know, I I find that in the summer, I don't know if I'm breathing better or, you know, like the spring, um, the spring pollen has calmed down a little bit and I can, I can hold that a little longer. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine program known internationally and around the world as the world famous Smoking a Toaster. Hi, Mom. Uh, and again, we'd like to let our guests know that the reason we claim to be world famous is that we've done about maybe 120 shows or so, and I realized that my mom, who does not drink, does not smoke, and is not interested in any of these things, became aware that the show existed. And I thought, well, if mom knows, we must now be at the point where we can legitimately say we're world famous. So that's why Ian always says hi to my mom whenever we uh, whenever we mention that. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. It's show number 193, which we have tentatively entitled. I was going to say halfway to 200 because yeah. it's a funny joke, but we're so close. Yeah, we're, and, and I don't even know what we're going to do. Uh, we have tentatively titled this show... How do you deal with a drunken sailor? Because Let's find out. Because it's a rum show. It's a, <laughs> it's a rum show, and we've got uh, Florida Kanye Rum, one of our absolute favorites uh, in the house, and Mr. Samuel Fitch with Florida Kanye is in the studio with us. Samuel, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having uh, both of you. Our excited studio audience is also very excited, as you can hear. We spare every expense uh, when it comes to sound effects, and we're, uh, <laughs> and, and we're proud of that. Uh, so we're going to talk a lot about Florida Kanye Rums. You can see... Uh, a, a, a nice spread already on the cameras of these, and there's an amazing setup here behind uh, Samuel, which we'll have Ian get us a great shot of here in a little bit. But it's uh, uh, it's when I when I it's, came into the, it's pretty amazing when I came that. into the building today, uh, and I was walking back towards the studio. My uh, my buddy Steve, who's working in an office down the hall, said. You're going to want to move in there when you see the setup. <laughs> and, I, and I walked in and I was like, oh, my new apartment. Awesome. It's, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yes, it really it's is. A so beautiful. Thing. And you can probably see it in the, uh, in the, um, Heads up cam over there where you see everything you see a little bit behind here, but we're going to get a better yeah, shot. Yeah, we'll get a better shot at the end of the first uh, segment here. Our program is brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, BB Italia on Memorial in Houston, BB Lemon on Washington Ave, and the Annie Cafe and Bar on Post Oak Boulevard in Houston. Yes, we are based out of Houston, but heard all over the world, and July is craft beer month, so we'll talk a little craft beer on the show as well. I like beer. And even do some tastings. Founders is uh, one of those breweries that both Ian and I have have kind of zeroed in on as being one of the good ones. You know, the first beer I ever had from Founders was their breakfast stout. Right. And that sets a high bar. Right. So these guys you started with these very intense beers, mm-hmm. and then they did that all-day IPA, which is now a go-to. Uh, in fact, that's what we're drinking for a show mm-hmm. beer here, Ian and I. Uh, and uh, now they've released an American hopped Pilsner, so we'll be tasting their Pilsner on the program nice. today. Looking forward to that. Uh, and then there's something very special. I'll tell you more about this when we get to the beer. But Other Half Brewing uh, in collaboration, in our case, with a brewery out of Winnucky, Wisconsin, called Untitled Art. But Other Half Brewing has gotten together over 600 craft brewers around the United States. Wow. And they've put out this IPA, which is called All Together IPA. And the proceeds from the sale of this beer go to support 
out of work um, bar and restaurant employees around the United awesome. States. So it's a really cool thing. I've been looking for one of these. I was able to find one, so we'll get to taste that today. And then, Ian, I think you might be a little excited about this one. From Monday Night Brewing in Atlanta, Georgia, we'll be tasting their Ante Meridium. It's a bourbon barrel imperial brown ale. I love everything about what you said. Now, have you had an imperial brown ale before? I don't think I've had an imperial brown ale. I don't, I don't brown think I've had an imperial. Like, certainly, we've tried plenty of imperial stouts and, and, and other uh, imperial IPAs, but the brown ale. I don't know if I gotta wonder if that one. if that's an actual designation or if they just went, Wow, this is bigger than a brown ale, so it's Imperial. I don't know. I'll confirm this when we look at the can, but if my memory serves from when I was getting things ready for the show, I believe it's fifteen point eight percent. I love that. <laughs> nice, <laughs> I knew you would. Nice. So between that and some of this uh, Florida Kanye rum, uh, it's it's another Uber show for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we might as well give them credit right now. So uh, so all of that's coming up. There's a lot going on in the world. We will have drinking news. And today's drinking news, thanks to Adam being able to do the research for us, will actually feature a video uh, from oh. the actual incident that's reported in the drinking news. Does it start uh, with a Florida man? No. I love those but stories. But believe it or not, I, believe, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think it starts with a Louisiana man. So, you know, it's it's that's, that's close. It's in a similar vein. Um, and there's huge news in the cigar legal fight. In fact, I just got confirmation just before uh, before the show began that on, let me get the date right. It's so in can, August. Trey Boring is going to be Yep, Trey Boring, yeah. who is our uh, uh, legal specialist when it comes to cigars and the tobacco industry, cigar will be back on the show to bring us completely up to speed on where things are. But there's big news. And it's very good news, and we'll be getting to that. It's nice to have good news, because there's been a lot of bad news on that front uh, of late. Uh, so a lot of things to talk about and uh, a lot of things to taste. And uh, you know, I think this is going to be one of those shows where um, we could very easily go on for you know hours and hours. I don't know how that you know works out for Samuel, but uh, no, no, but totally okay. Totally <laughs> okay. okay. Thank you for having All me. All right. Well, we're we're thrilled to have you, and we're excited to talk some more about Florida Kanye because you guys have got. Uh, as I understand, some big news to talk about uh, as well. Things that are going on in uh, in your Pretty company. Pretty exciting. So, yeah, just yeah, a so. couple of comments there, if I may. I yeah. know you mentioned. So we are the official rum of the world's 50 best uh, restaurants globally. Wow. And we're going to be participating in a fundraising event where all of the proceeds go towards uh, supporting financially all the restaurants around the world. That's fantastic. It starts uh, this Sunday, July 12th. We'll be donating a number of our... 30-year-old bottle, so we have a 30-year-old rum, single-age rum. 30-year-old yeah. rum. I actually got, it's, it's a good thing nice. I wasn't standing, because I could feel my knees get a little weak when <laughs> he said 30-year-old. Right? Yeah. 30 That's yeah. fantastic. So on my next visit, hopefully, uh, uh. in September, I would love for you guys to sample our 30-year-old rum, and we're also launching a coffee liqueur called Flor de Caña Espresso, which will be here in the market in September. I'll just get this out of the way right now. You should consider your invitation an open and standing one. Oh, perfect. Okay, Thank perfect. you. Perfect. That, Thank that's, you. Uh, that's, anybody that brings anybody that brings that kind of things along with them, you know, you go immediately into the friends category. <laughs> Don't yeah, ask. The answer is always yes. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so, well, that that's fantastic. And I know we have some other things uh, that are going on in Florida County. We'll talk about all of those coming up as we do a little tasting. But first, as I as I like to do about this time uh, on each program, Ian, I'm I'm always curious. Have you smoked anything interesting this week? I have, actually. Right. I have All smoked right. interesting. Um, so I went by uh, Casa de Monte Cristo this morning, picked out a few cigars. Uh, the one I chose to the one I chose to review today is uh, Todos Las Dias uh, Robusto. Oh, nice. So uh, 
I'd never seen it before. Well, I, I've, it's been I, out since I think I 2017, saw, like, I think. something on a website about it being right, released, right. but I, I have not tried it. It's been out since 2017. This is a um, this is a uh, Nicaraguan Puro, and when okay. we say Puro, we basically are saying that you know all the 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 wrapper, the binder, and the filler are all from right. uh, from one country. From one country. In this so, case, Nicaraguan, Nicaraguan uh, Puro on this. The appearance on this dark, kind of a little bit of a reddish brown, leathery to the touch, some veins, firm, solid feel overall. Nice looking cigar. A uh, little footer on the um, the regular band, and then a little footer on it. Um, that says uh, todos los días, uh, todos las días, uh, which means all the day. Is that That's correct? right, all every day, every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, uh, the pre-light sniff on this earth, barnyard, hay, and mocha were coming through uh, right off the bat. Not a super powerful smelling cigar, but uh, but had very pleasant smell on it. The pre-light draw I used a clip on this effortless draw got dark chocolate cake batter. I spelled batter wrong. I spelled batter like. You know. Like batter, yeah. <laughs> but the dark chocolate cake, dark chocolate batter. cake batter. You know, like when you when when yes when your mom's making a cake and you stick your finger in it, it's mm-hmm. like that because it has that creaminess kind of thing going on and the, and the, a little bit of the the raw sugar kind of flavor. Uh, it was really really nice and interesting. I, I don't think I've ever like thought about that when I uh, smell or uh, taste a cigar. Had a sweet kind of fruity mm-hmm. hay and leather things going on in there as well. Um, it, it just it had a lot going on flavor wise. The initial light on this was classic Nicaraguan pepper, big, uh, big smoke, big and bold. Yeah, yep. big bold pepper right up front. Not harsh pepper, but very bold pepper right up front. Uh, the uh, the dark chocolate chunk right behind it was was very evident. Uh, fermented hay a little bit behind that, and some sweet spice going on, all from the initial light of this, which was. Which is a lot of flavors because sometimes you get that pepper bomb and you don't get a lot of other things going on until the cigar settles in. The first third of this, the pepper sub, uh, subsides uh, somewhat. Dark and fruity, creamy mocha and leather kind of interplay going on in there. It was really, really nice flavor. I was super enjoying this. Solid ash, perfect burn, first third of this. Second third of this, dark fruity notes with creamy mocha. Cedar makes a little bit of an appearance. Pepper makes a little bit of a comeback. It had a slight uneven burn to it, and as I was smoking it, right about right about the halfway point in the cigar, it tried to go out on me, mm. and I was smoking it constantly. Um, so, of course, I puffed it a little hard and got it back uh, to, to lit. Then it tried to go out again shortly after that, mm-hmm. to which I did the same thing. I never I never tended it with a, a, a lighter. You just kind of puffed it a little bit. But I puffed more. it a little hard. I puffed it back to light, uh, and it resulted in a little harshness <clears throat> similar to what you'd get in a relight in the flavor. Yeah. I don't know if it, it got too hot because I was puffing it pretty hard to get it lit again. Um, the last third of this, the burned had evened itself out. I never tended it again, like I said. It evened itself out. Flavors returned overall with just a slight bitterness on the aftertaste, like a slight relight kind of bitterness on the aftertaste. Mm-hmm. Uh, mocha and cedar uh, coffee are all up front. Sweetness was mostly gone. The pepper was mostly gone towards the end. Still had a hint of dark fruit and spices. This was a $13 cigar. So, um, for what they're yeah. saying is a you know everyday cigar, thirteen dollars is a little bit on the high side. Uh, yeah, I don't think of thirteen. To me, the breaking line is about twelve bucks. I realize maybe yeah. I'm splitting hairs, but I can't think. Maybe you can get away with a ten dollar cigar being an everyday. Yeah, but a twelve dollar cigar is not an everyday it for gets me. A, it gets a little bit, but you know, and maybe they're celebrating you know having a cigar every day. I, 
So whatever. <laughs> I get it. Um, if I didn't have that uh, that relight bitterness in here, I would have rated this cigar substantially higher because I really enjoyed the flavors. But once I had that 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 relight flavor in 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 my mouth, and the bitterness never quite went away, it was it was still there for the rest of the cigar. I gave it a four on the price to quality. Okay. Because I expect a thirteen dollars cigar. Thirteen bucks. You need uh, it to be outstanding. That's expensive. That's Absolutely. A, that's going in the super premium category. Absolutely. And I expect it to not have that issue. Now, it, I also suspect that maybe I just got one that had an issue. Um, but I didn't smoke three or four cigars, so I smoked one, and that this was my experience with it. The price to quality, by the way, is a one to ten scale that we use. And mm. when you when you get a five on the price to quality, you get exactly what you pay for. If you score less than five, well, I, I feel like I could have paid a little less, especially for how it performed. Uh, and if you score above five, then you, you're punching above your weight class. It so means that if yeah. so, if, a little better if than you what gave. I paid for. If you gave a $13 cigar a five and a half or a six, that would mean, you know, you wouldn't have been disappointed had you bought it for fifteen dollars right, yeah, yeah. and it smoked the way it did. So, so it got a little it got a few points off of that. It would not stop me from buying another one and trying it because I feel like maybe I just got that one cigar. Mm-hmm. You know, and I enjoyed the other flavors in it so much that I would really want to try it again and hope that it was awesome all the way through. Right. So that was mine. How about yours? Well, I smoked a classic this week. The uh, you know, we've we've been talking about a lot of newer blends and newer cigars, and this week I went old school and picked up an Arturo Fuente Don Carlos Robusto, a, a Don Carlos Double Robusto. Oh, that's hard actually. To beat. Yeah, I was I was pretty excited. It was a bit of a, a rustic looking cigar, which you'll see uh, from the pictures, but you know, still very attractive, medium brown, uh, veiny wrapper. The wrapper on this cigar rustic is, is so hot right now. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, the wrapper on this cigar is Cameroon, and it's mm-hmm. Dominican tobacco throughout. Um, now, here's the thing. I noticed on the pre-light, the cigar was very firm, packed, like very, very. firm, particularly around the cap and the first you know, half an inch or so mm-hmm. after the cap were really packed. Uh, I got some mild flavors of leather and tea leaves on the pre-light draw. But to be honest, it was packed tight enough that I, w- I really wasn't getting too much. So that worried me a little about how it would smoke. So I used a punch. I lit it up. Initially, the draw didn't seem to be as bad as I was expecting because it was really tight. Really tight, right. But it was enough. Uh, yeah, it, it, it did impact the enjoyment of the cigar. Uh, it was tight enough to d- diminish it a little bit. I could get smoke through it. But I wasn't getting what I really was wanting right. out of each. So it caused me to kind of have to overdraw, puff much harder, which made the cigar smoke a little hotter. The flavors were less distinct, and it became a little bit harsher than a cigar like that should be. Because in general, this is a mild to medium cigar. It's not a powerhouse right. of flavor. It might be more of a dead center medium with the Cameroon wrapper as, a, as opposed to the version of this that has the Dominican wrapper. But it's, um, you know, it, it yeah, I was, I was working it a lot harder than I wanted to. Yeah, there was uh, some leather, there was earth, there was maybe a hint of toasted almonds, but I felt like I was having to work way too hard to get that. And what made it even more frustrating is that now down to about, you know, the 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 first third having been smoked, it it would give me these momentary reveals of what it should have been. Yeah. I'd get just enough smoke to to really 
begin to really uh, get the the flavors and Maybe what it, it should have building been building like. suspense for yeah it. what it should Maybe have been like happening. if it was drawing properly so uh, what I did is I got out my cigar scissors which are the one <coughs> it's the one clipper I always carry with me because it's on my key ring it's mm-hmm. a fold up uh, thing and so I literally just took a small chunk off the cap area mm-hmm. that did improve the draw a little bit. Um, look, I know this one cigar aficionado's cigar of the year in 2017, but it's 2020, and either I got a dud, or time has taken its toll on the quality of the rollers that they're using. Either way, I promise this: I will buy another one and see if this was isolated or not, and I'll and I'll update you guys based on the one I smoked, which is about a ten dollar cigar, not quite as pricey as yours, Ian. I was I was gonna give it a three. I was that disappointed because it was wow. so. Um, I, this is this is just such a that's, quality brand. That's harsh. But I will tell you this: as I got into the last third of the cigar, some of that issue with it being so tight dissipated, and I was able to really enjoy that last third of the cigar. So I'll say three and a half. But almost in a way, it almost hurt my impression of the cigar because it showed me how good it could have been if I hadn't been you know frustrated by the draw. Uh, and so that's my uh, that's my take on the Arturo Fuente Don Carlos Double Robusto, which, by the way, I've had before. I haven't had one in a few years, but I would have probably given it a six or a six and a half now, based on how much I remember. Is that the same as the uh, Personal Reserve, the man's 80th? You know, I I I I'm not sure. It did not say Personal Reserve on the uh, box that I got okay. it out of. Or anywhere on because I actually saw that online when I was just uh, looking for information on the wrapper and the and the tobaccos, uh, and I saw the words personal reserve, but it did mm. look very much like from the band the the picture that I saw that online that was supposed to be personal reserve. So I'm not a hundred percent sure. Last year I I just looked up my uh, review from last year and I reviewed that cigar and gave it uh, a good review. I think I gave it a. a six on this i didn't actually write the last part but i'm pretty sure i gave it a six on this um but i didn't have any issues with it so i was wondering if that was the same well uh, that last third of the cigar was really good once once it kind (laughs) of and i will say this it burned fairly evenly the the tightness didn't make it burn crooked didn't make it go out it just i was having to work too hard the first the first two-thirds of the cigar so and even after i clipped the the end off because sometimes if a cigar is a little too tight and you use a punch that might not have been the best right choice because you could free up more uh airflow by using a you know a guillotine cutter or, or right a lot of times with the punch i'll check the draw and if the draw is good i'll stick with it but if, if not the draw you go is a little tight i always go ahead and clip yeah, see you're smarter than i am that's just i are smart <laughs> that's the way it works all right so uh normally we carry on the first segment uh, uh a little bit longer but since the tasting is going to begin in the second segment. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to get to it. I so, am too. And yeah. also, they got Florida Kanye news coming up. Yes, that's right. So, a lot of great things going on on the show today. Be sure and hang with us as we are. I think Bruce Stark says we're now we now can get away with saying two thirds of the way to 200. <laughs> uh, we will uh, take a break. We'll be right back. Our guest is uh, Samuel Fitch. And by the way, I also want to mention that our buddy. Hamilton from uh, from uh, Florida Kanye is in the studio with us today, but he's like hanging out in the he's corner. He's playing background. But he set all this up. So yeah. I'm like, we're in your debt, Hamilton. That's pretty awesome. Once again, and we'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting. Oh, 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 yeah.
Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. This program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Uh, big, big, big news in the world of cigars. We, Those of us who enjoy cigars have been um, frustrated with the FDA and their sort of heavy-handed very nice way, to way of yeah, they're sort of very hand, heavy-handed way of implementing regulations broadly across the entire tobacco industry that may apply appropriately to some kinds of tobacco, but really don't work when it comes to premium cigars. And since that's what our show's about, we've kind of railed against this a, a number of times. Our uh, legal expert and, and Cigars for Warriors uh, buddy, uh, Trey Boring, has been on to tell us just what's being done by Cigar Rights of America to try and fight these things. But there, there are a number of things about these regulations which are not yet being enforced. They've been approved, but they're not in place yet. A number of things about these regulations that are very onerous and even potentially disastrous for the cigar industry. And one of them just got knocked down this week. And so it's a major Do celebration. Tell. We will be taking a drink of Florida Kanye rum in celebration of it momentarily. Uh, a trio of judges, uh, judges on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Washington, D.C. Circuit ruled unanimously this week that those FDA warning labels, which were going to have to be one-third one the size third of, of the, the package. Yeah, they no ruled matter what them, the patch- packaging was. Uh, they ruled them uh, unconstitutional. They said the FDA had acted arbitrarily and capriciously when it established the warning label plan for cigars in 2016's final deeming rule. And that move means that cigar boxes and cigar ads won't be obscured by those massive warnings. Now, look, I have really no issue with some requirement for there being some warning labels because, you know, it's, it's, it's appropriate to, to, to do so. I think they're a little overblown, but I get it. But one third this I mean that makes one no sense. Third it of the never packaging. made any sense. And so I want to point thank out, you. I have I have a a, a beautiful bottle of rum here. Florida if, we covered, if we covered one third of this bottle with an ugly warning label with a warning in black label, and white print. We would be covering this much of the bottle with a warning label yeah, all makes, the way around. That's, yeah. that's absolutely <laughs> insane. Yeah, yes it is. And and it, it really the crazy thing is as the law was written, it was not only going to apply to to uh, advertising in boxes of cigars, but could have been interpreted to apply to individually wrapped cigars in cellophane. So you wouldn't even be able to see th- the cigar itself. Yeah, yeah it'd, be, it'd be ridiculous. You'd like, see you a warning see label and a cigar label. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's all it. You, yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, very, uh, very nice to know that sometimes cooler heads prevail. And we've been able to, uh, to, uh, to get out of that deal. So Cigar Aficionado, by the way, reported on this uh, story. If you want to check out the Cigar Aficionado website, it has, uh, you know, it'll go into a little more detail about mm-hmm. the law and what's actually uh, happening with it. So, uh, so drinking news coming up on the show today. We're going to talk about some uh, things that are shifting and how 600 craft breweries have banded together for this, new, yeah, for this new community brew. And we'll taste that brew coming up a little later in the show. But right now, it is time to... Samuel Fitch from Florida Kanye has been patiently waiting, yeah. and we're so thrilled to have him on the show. Uh, because I'll just get this out there. Anybody that wants to accuse us of being homers on this, we already know we really like Florida Kanye oh, yeah. Rums. Oh, so uh, so we're we're already kind of fanboys here, and so it makes it a, an exciting show for us. Um, so 
let me let me start by this. I know you've got some Florida Kanye news. We'll get to that sure, in a yeah, moment. No but for people that are more newbies when it comes to rum, or maybe they're uh, they're bourbon people, they haven't really branched out into rum or tequila people or whatever. Most people know that rum is distilled from sugarcane. Beyond that, what's a what's a sort of rum one hundred and one? How is how is rum actually made in your distilleries for Florida Cania? Absolutely. So the raw material in the production of any rum is one of three things. It's either sugarcane juice, sugarcane syrup, which basically we boil and dry out the water, or molasses. Okay. So the byproduct of the sugar production is the molasses. The molasses has enough sugar in order for you to go into the fermentation process. So very similar to your wines. Uh, we basically introduce the yeast that converts the sugar into alcohol, carbon dioxide, and heat. So after the fermentation process is done, you have basically 13% alcohol volume by alcohol during the fermentation. We distill our rums once, which will take it up to 70. But we distill, what makes us different is we distill our products up to five times to a neutral wow. cane spirit, which is about 955 then we cut it down with water to 77% and put it in barrels that are called once-used barrels, barrels that were previously used in the aging of a premium bourbon. So Why? these are wooden barrels yeah. that were previously bourbon barrels. Right, because okay. in the bourbon world, you're only allowed to use the barrels once. They sell it to rum manufacturers. We burned an eighth of an inch to expose the wood. It releases some of the tannin. So when you sample our products, you're going to get notes of vanilla. Mm -hmm. And the reason we cut it, to 77% is to minimize the evaporation, which in our industry we call angel share. Mm -hmm. So if you were to put the rum in a barrel at 95.5, which is a neutral cane spirit, the evaporation would be close to 15%. By us cutting it with butter, water to 77%, the evaporation is more around 5 to 6 to 7%. Wow. Yep. So, uh, just for uh, for everyone out there, everyone knows the term, you know, the barrel, barrel aging, barrel this. Tell us about uh, what what is the size of a barrel? How much how much liquid? How much distillate goes right, into so a barrel? Right. So your typical barrel is a two hundred liter size barrel, <clears throat> and it imparts the color. And the reason we use bourbon barrels is because they're very porous, so they interact mm -hmm. uh, with the wood the interacts rum. with the juice. Yeah, it yeah. does, and that's where you get the color, more intense flavor, more complexity. Uh, we are a sustainable brand. So we keep our barrels up to 30 years, and then we recycle them. We turn it into furniture, uh, in That's addition awesome. to doing a million <laughs> other things. We I would love to have a bourbon barrel desk. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> we that do have good. a bourbon barrel. Well, we have all kinds of things made from the um, the staves, the staves, yeah. which yeah. is really, really that nice. We even so have cool. a bar that we've built uh, through staves, furniture, you name it. We have it, tables, so chairs, cool. and so on and so forth. That is so Very cool. cool. So if uh, I'm looking at a bottle of Florida Cana and it's a 12-year, yes. does that mean that that rum rested in... The one barrel you initially put it in for 12 years? Right. So the bourbon barrel, so what differs from other spirits, the rum industry, is that we don't have any legally requirements with regards to the label. So as a consumer, you got to be really careful, right? So mm -hmm. if you were to buy, so the only rum that we have that is single age for 30 years is the bottle that we're launching in September mm -hmm. called the Fifth Generation. Okay. And it's a really nice bottle. It has a uh, volcanic bottle cap. It has the signature of the fifth generation. Our products are fifth generation family owned companies. So we've been producing rum since 1890, so over 130 years. And the reason we're launching it this year is to commemorate those 130 years. 
normally when it comes to our rum is that we're average age. So, for example, okay. and it's plus or minus three. So, for example, we don't age rums less than four years. So the 12-year-old has rums as old as 15 with the absolute average being 12. And if you look at our 25, we actually have rums as old as 29 with the absolute average uh, being 25. So when I'm seeing the number on the bottle, the 12-year or the 25, what I'm seeing is an average number or a kind of a number in the middle. There average. may be some older rum, there may be some younger rum, but the average of the rum in this bottle is that number that, that you're using correct. as your age statement. And correct? because we don't have any legalities regarding the labeling, I mean, like, for example, I won't mention any names, but there's other rums out there that will, for example, say 23. There is no way that every drop of rum has been age 23 because that right. bottle would run you $375. Sure. And said it's only 10% of that rum is age 23. The rest is a four or five year blend. Right. So it, it varies by rum brand. Ours is the absolute average. So so that's, that's your statement that is, is that when I see a number on a bottle, you guys are saying this is the average, not just right. the and, oldest rum yeah. in the bottle. Right. And Got we it. don't age less than four years. So for example, we have a four year old rum Obviously, when you age a rum for four years, you get the golden hue from the oak. We have mm -hmm. charcoal filtered out the color. So it's a clear rum. It is a clear rum, okay. and it's four years. So when you compare it to other rums that are white, those are normally aged anywhere from six months to a year, year and a half. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's why we normally win the double gold medal against any other white with for our white, white rums. or rum. Sure. That, right. that, that white also sense. being uh, Blanco, obviously, and it, silver rum is what they call that. Right. Yeah, yeah, so we categorize rum. The rum industry, you have white rums. You have gold rum. So your typical gold rum is aged anywhere from one to two years. Mm -hmm. We age our rums for four years. You have black rum. Anything aged over three years is considered a black rum. And then obviously you have the flavored rums. If it's a flavored rum, that means the percentage of alcohol is less than 40%. And in order for you to be considered a rum in the U.S., you have to have 40% alcohol by volume. Right. Makes sense. It yeah. makes sense. Well, I think it's time to start tasting. Are we going to start with the 12? Is that the yes. one? Yes. Ian, so, do you want to do the honors? Or, or maybe uh, uh, maybe Samuel wants to do the honors if, if you yeah, I'd prefer. Yeah, love to do that. Uh, we'll just pass a, a little. So a little uh, comment on uh, the 12-year-old. So the 12-year-old is called Centenario uh, because we launched it in 1990 to celebrate our 100-year tradition. So, okay. again, we've been producing rum since 1890. The wine enthusiast has rated this 90 to 95 numerous, numerous times. In terms of pricing, you're looking, this is the entry level super premium rum. Right. It, so when you go to your super premiums, this is the least expensive one or the first of the, oh, the entry level, right? That is correct. Oh, did so I take yours? Okay, sorry. Nope. So in terms of pricing, there. very affordable, anywhere from $30 to $35. Okay, that makes sense. And mm -hmm. and that's one thing we like to ask as we go through and do these tastings is okay, this is this is really good. If somebody's hearing this, what should and and it sounds good to them, what should they expect to be able to find that for in uh, you know, in in the local retailers. So Absolutely. Uh, so now I I'll just mention um we've had uh, a number of your rums before and we've had the 7 year which is is good enough to enjoy as a sipping rum. By itself. Oh, now, absolutely. Once you and, and of course, great for cocktails. Yes. Once you begin to move into the ultra premiums, as you as you mentioned, uh, you start to notice the effects of that aging, and, and you start to get you know some more subtleties and and some deeper tones and flavors. Uh, but even just starting with the set, I mean, it's amazing to me yeah. 
I just wanted to mention because we're starting a, a notch above it, but it's amazing to me how good the seven actually is. Yeah, it's, the it's, seven. It's very impressive. The seven on its own with just a couple chips of ice is delightful all by itself. Yeah, just need just. just I, I don't even know that it up. needs the chips of ice, but I like that sometimes. <laughs> you know what I do when I normally sample the seven? I challenge people because a seven-year-old to me makes the best rum and coke you'll ever have. So if the quality of your mm-hmm. rum is very poor. What you want to do is serve very little and mask it with tons of Coke. You can actually go 50% of our seven-year-old with Coke. It overpowers the Coke flavor, and it is amazing. That's pretty intense considering Coca-Cola flavor pretty much overpowers Overpowers everything. There's a reason that (laughs) rum and Coke or bourbon and Coke is is a thing because when you're ordering the call uh, liquor at a bar and you get a rum and Coke, you need enough Coke in there to not really maybe notice that the, bite. the rum's not that good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I would encourage you guys to try it with ginger ale. Ginger ale and Coke, oh. very, very nice with a little twist of orange peel. Very good. It makes very good mojitos, our seven-year-old. Oh, I love a good Holly, nice. old, uh, Yeah. I love Dang, it. Handshake and daiquiris, which are my favorite. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, this is this is really wonderful. It's, it's um, you know, to be the first one of your ultra premiums. And to be in that, what did you say, thirty to thirty-five dollars? Thirty bottle? to thirty-five. That's yeah. correct. Uh, that's a. It's amazing. You and we talk about this a lot on the show. If you wanted to buy, you could buy some good bourbons for thirty yeah. to thirty-five dollars. But when you get, when you're really looking for the kind of complexity that you can get in a rum like this for thirty to thirty-five dollars. You're talking about a sixty to seventy dollar uh, bourbon. At yeah. least, at least that's that's my that's my take on it. And and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't necessarily feel that that's yeah, overpriced. Don't, don't raise your prices. Yeah, and, no, and no, I don't no. feel this is underpriced. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm just I, I feel like one of the things I love about rum is that your your money seems to go a bit further in in the rum category. Yeah, and Chris, one of the points of distinction that I want to bring to you is that Nicaragua is very hot. We have a microclimate. And so when you age your rum, for, so a year in Nicaragua is comparable to three years maybe in Scotland because it's a lot colder. So a lot, a so lot a happens with the spirit. So a three-year rum has actually got more effective aging than three years of scotch. That's correct because Interesting, of the difference, because of the difference in, the, in temperature. Right. Well, that makes sense. Small science sidebar. The, the warmer it is and the more fluxes you have in temperature, the more the wood's going to flex and breathe. That's right. Well, it's going to open and close a little bit, and that moves the the flavors into the... Well, we've talked into the distillate. Yeah, we've talked before about you know in a uh, in a bourbon uh, distillery how much difference just the location of the barrel, how high it is stored yeah. off the ground, can make a difference. Is that true in the rum world uh, as well? Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, everything that we do is natural. As a matter of fact, if you come to the barrel house, the temperature drops by like ten degrees because of the evaporation of the rum. Oh, wow. And then another advantage that we have is that our distillery is five miles away from the largest, most active volcano in Nicaragua called the San Cristobal. So the soil is very fertile and then high mineral on the water. And all of that- So the more of the minerality in the water adds a bit to the richness of what the rum actually tastes like. And so you you always have, I don't know if you can see uh, the detail in this, but you always have the image of the volcano volcano. in the background. That's right. So basically what you improve is the sugar cane. So the sugar cane is high on sucrose, which is a raw material in the production of the rum. Then with the aging, the distillation, obviously distillation five times, the aging in bourbon barrels lead to a very smooth product over time. Mm -hmm. Well, one, one of the things we've learned from the beer world is that the higher the quality of the water, 
and the basic ingredients, the hops and mm-hmm. the the malt and uh, and the barley and the corn syrup and the well. <laughs> oh wait, sorry, <laughs> sorry, that's something sorry. else. You're, you're you're thinking uh, macro brew there. <laughs> uh, no, but the higher the quality of that, the ultimate better quality of the beer. Now you can do a lot to adjust the. The flavors and stuff, but it, it basically, it's the same is true with with rums. It is. It's like the higher quality of the water and the higher quality of that initial sugar cane. Yes. Before the distilling process begins, you know, the better this juice is going to wind up being. That's you know? correct. I want to talk about just on the nose here the the um, the maple, the vanilla, the oak comes right through on this. That cask, I just love the way that. The way that smells yeah, and the Ian, minerality what, of the water. What you get is when, because they're once-used barrels and we burn an eighth of an inch, it caramelizes some of the tannins, and yeah. that's where you're going to oh, get the notes of vanilla. Right. It's All so of good. our rums have notes of vanilla. It's, it, it's, it's such a relaxing. This is, uh, And this is why this is one of my favorite spirits to just sit and relax with at the end of the day. Um, you know, it's, A lot of times if you're going out with friends and stuff, you might have a tendency to go – a different direction because you're out and you're active. You remember what that used to be like, right, Ian? Mm, yeah. Uh, but but uh, if you're if you're sitting at home, back back when I was a kid, we used to go out to bars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I was a youngin. Um, no, but uh, but if you're sitting at home, maybe maybe ready to unwind and enjoy a cigar. Man, the the subtleties of a, a, a nicely aged drum like this just works so well for me in this flavor. It's it really. It really contributes to being able to relax, and that's one of my favorite things about having rum. I, I want to point out that this is very different. If if you're in the audience and you're used to rums that have songs named after them, mm-hmm. um, this is vastly different from that. This has. <laughs> Do you see the legs and the tears? Yeah, the legs, the oiliness, the way it spreads over the palate. Uh, but one of my favorite things about this is the dryness on the finish. Mm. Um, the dryness mm. on the finish doesn't leave you with a harshness. As a matter of fact, there's almost there's almost no heat. Like it comes back slightly after you swallow, but it's just a very mm-hmm. low level heat. Um, but what it does leave you with is this nice dryness, like a wine does. Yes, absolutely. Very much like a good absolutely. dry red mm-hmm. uh, leaves on the palate, and and it leaves you with this great aftertaste. And going, I'd like another sip of that. And indeed, I would. But maybe I'll maybe I'll wait, and we'll because we're gonna go uh, next to the twenty five. And <laughs> yeah, the, okay, what I, I would know. encourage your listeners, if they're gonna try our twelve year old, is to serve it on a brandy snifter with a large cubed ice cube. So it melts very little and opens up the bouquet. Nice. And if they're not used to drinking rum on the rocks or neat, what they can do is just put a little splash of cola. It's an it's an acquired taste, right? So man, over time, they can work their way into drinking it rum and co- um, sorry, um, neat or on the neat, rocks. Neat, yeah, without the, 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 the Coca Cola, Sands Coca Cola. I'd just like to also mention, and thanks again to Hamilton Rosa, because um, the last time we had a contraption in the studio this elaborate was when Mattias Horseman uh, came in I from Hendrix Gin and brought that, you know, steampunk looking uh, uh, machine that made uh, gin and tonic. Yes, um, the gin and tonic and, 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 and it really was more of a gadget. This is just a beautiful display. And I, Ian, I was wondering, if, yeah, yeah, yeah can me. you pick up as we, because uh, we're about to take a break, so as this segment uh, uh, winds up, if you could take one of those cameras and just give everybody that's Make watching sure on Facebook or on YouTube, just give them a, a little bit of a look at, uh, at, at this display, because it actually includes a volcano. And I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's uh, working right it's now, but power. it's... Uh, 
Uh, so the power will let it come over. So, oh yeah, look uh, at that. I, I think Hamilton's going to reignite the volcano for us. So yeah, let me get this. This is my... awesome. Look uh, at this. But this spread. is this is amazing. This is why I walked in and went, "Honey, I'm home." Uh, it's it's just yeah. What what a great spread. And and obviously you guys know how to put people in the right mood and the right mind to be to be uh, like excited the, about the enjoying your um, bottles down your there is a nice thing. Yeah, I like. And it. you'll uh-huh. see that we're the official rum of the Houston Dynamo. Awesome. Ah, oh, great. We're actually the official rum of the New England Patriots, the San Francisco Giants. We're the official rum of Austin City Limits. ACL That's so Live. Cool. See, you're, all these things you're talking about are things I like. This is good. Yeah. That beautiful sign up yeah. there as well. Yeah, it really is. Florida sustainable, Kanye, sustainable and natural. And we'll. We'll talk about that. The sustainability is something I want to ask you about in our next segment. And we'll do a little more tasting as well, but we do need to take a break. We are thrilled to have you guys on board with us for show number 193. How do you deal with a drunken sailor? We'll try to answer that question as well. It's smoking and Toasting, and we'll be right back. See, you did that in such a musical fashion. <laughs> Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. It's show number 193. Uh, how do you deal with a drunken sailor? Well, you can start by having Florida Kanye rum in the house, and we, uh, we'll we get to all of that in uh, a little bit. But uh, Samuel Fitch uh, from Florida Kanye is in the studio Thank with you. us. And we didn't get to our beer tasting in the last segment, so I asked Ian to go ahead and, and pour this uh, for us. Yeah, if you could pass those on. Uh, and I, uh, I really... Um, you know, we generally ask that one's yours, sir. Okay. If you will join Thank us, uh, we generally ask our guests to uh, to join us in tasting the beers if it's a spirits guest. Love it. Uh, as long as as long as that's something that you enjoy, and you know, we're we're big fans of all of these things. When we started smoking and toasting, the thought was, you know, beer, craft beer, spirits, cigars. These are just three things we're super passionate about. So so why not get together and talk about them for an hour or so every week and see if anyone cares. And amazingly, there's people who actually have. So uh, Ian, I think, is looking at some of the comments online I right am. now. I am. Yeah. I'm cracking up. Nicholas uh, said, hey. <laughs> and then one of my, uh, uh, one of my friends said, ah, oh, the dumbass Dynamo, Dallas for life. And I put, oh. I put a frowny <laughs> face on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I've been a New England Patriots frowny fan face. for uh, – uh, for a big chunk of my life, so I'm I'm used to the hate. Bring it, you know. Everybody, if if you're not a fan, you hate them. So that's that's just the way it is. But uh, but that's okay. Uh, and and I am a fan of the Dynamo. In fact, I can I can watch the Dynamo play from my balcony. I can actually see oh, down nice. into the uh, BBVA uh, stadium from uh, from where I live. So I get to hear the 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 roar. I I can't quite the roar of the crowd. I can't quite make out the announcer saying go but I can I can hear the crowd go crazy when one is scored. So, so Cruz, what we're going to so do, for, we're the official rum of the New England Patriots. We're okay. going to get you a nice jersey uh, oh. with Florida Gagne on the back. So uh, count so, on that. No, so maybe we'll I get, get a Cam that. Newton awesome. jersey since yes. Cam Newton's a, uh, a Patriot now. That's uh, uh, that's very good. Well, uh, we are uh, thrilled to be talking Florida Kanye again on the show today, but we do want to take a little beer break here because uh, founders, I mean, these guys... In from the very beginning, we've been fans of this of this brewery, and I don't think we've had anything yet that we haven't thought was was pretty outstanding from Founders. Yeah, Founders is 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 one of my favorite. I love their uh, their beers, and their Dirty Bastard is an absolute like 
Sixty percent of the time, you can find at least one of them left in my fridge. Like that's that's just it's one of those where you like don't drink my last one, anybody, right? Right? (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, or I have an excuse to go buy more. I'm like that with Diet Dr Pepper. It's like you can have as much as you want, but don't take the last one. Don't take the last one. Yeah, exactly. So this right here uh, has such a uh, um, it has a very crisp with a very delicate hop nose to it. Yeah, they basically describe this. As an American hopped pilsner, so I'm expecting there to be a more generous dose of hops okay, than you might it's than you might for you a because I don't know that I've ever smelled a beer where I said the hop is delicate on it. That, like that's you're right, what, that's you're a, right. That's, that's an unusual thing, but you you are also right about it being refreshing. I mean, it's got a and you would want a pilsner to be. I mean, when you think of pilsner, you you think of Something that you know maybe is really appropriate for the summer months when you're thirsty and and mm-hmm. you want it to have a refreshing quality to it. Um, there is this this has this uh, beautiful little malt profile that hits you right at the beginning and then goes away and then on the retro hail comes back as hops. a little sweetness past the hops that finish it. It's right. really really interesting. Right, you, you get a, you get the hop finish and then a little bit of that sweetness comes. Kind of, kind of creeping back in, which is great because you can enjoy the bitterness of the hops, but it's maybe not the final thing that you're left with. Because no, it's the- interesting. It kind of evolves right into that sweetness and the aftertaste, if you ask me. There's still a little hop there, but it's not super bitter and it's not super um, annoying. These guys really know how to make you know really just high quality mm. beers. I, I'm very, very impressed with them overall. I think that. Uh, you know, this is another uh, another victory for them. They, That's a dangerous one. Scored. I would just drink yes. that way too fast. Yeah. What is the uh, alcohol percentage? Five point five on this one. So that might not be too a, bad. Yeah, it might be a touch high for a pilsner, though. You know what I mean? It's like, a little higher, normally. I think, yeah. than than most, uh, and it might be on the hairy edge of sessionable because mm-hmm. at five point five, that's you know you're going to notice a few of them. Yeah, I'm digging it. But it sure is good. Yeah, it is absolutely delicious. It's got just the uh, just the background. It's got like. Like a beach with a, uh, with the water in the background and a hop, right on the front. Hop I like cluster. It. I like it. Yeah. A hop head. Founders continues know. to founders continues to do it right. I'm I'm yeah. impressed. Um, in the studio with us, uh, Samuel Fitch from Florida Kanye Rum. Uh, Samuel, you uh, you <clears throat> talked about the fact that your distillery is in uh, Nicaragua. Is That's is right. everything distilled there? Do you have any other locations outside of Nicaragua where uh, where the rum is produced? Yeah, so we only distill in Nicaragua. It's mm-hmm. about two hundred kilometers away from Managua, which is the capital. Mm-hmm. It's called Chichigalpa. And that's where I remember listening to your last show that I believe you mentioned that the first time you had Flor de Caña was his no Honduras. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right. So essentially what happened was in the 1980s, there was a civil war in Nicaragua. So we produced rum and stored it. And we owned the largest stock of age rums in the world. And we were bottling our Flor de Caña in Honduras for a number of years. So mm-hmm. many Hondurans uh, so, are very... All right. Uh, so this would explain it because we were at the... Uh, the very gracious owners of Aladino, the uh, uh, Aladino uh, Tobacco Farm oh, right. uh, okay. had us in to uh, spend a couple of days and learn how their, yeah. you know, how their process worked and how they grow and, and roll and package the cigars. And and they were very kind and gracious hosts. Gave us more cigars than we could ever have smoked in a day. Uh, but they also provided uh, some great food and some great uh, beers and spirits too. And the spirits were primarily Florida Cana. So, Florida Cana, yeah, yes. So they actually had a pretty nice bar, but we wrecked the rum. Yeah, the well, Florida Cana was so good. And I don't know. I don't know if I mentioned this in the show you're talking about, but that was the time 
that there was this guy who kept making himself rum and cokes. He was one of the uh, one of the guys from one of the uh, cigar shops, I think, in uh, Pennsylvania. Oh that yeah, was yeah, yeah, down yeah. there for the tour, and he kept taking the bottle of uh, of the uh, twenty five and putting it in the refri- <laughs> in, in the freezer oh, to put in his crazy. rum and cokes. I'm like, dude, here's a seven that will work really <laughs> well for rum and coke. Oh, put gosh. it in the freezer. I want that twenty five. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, Chris, I got to tell you, the twenty five. So I've been in the alcoholic beverage industry for mm-hmm. twenty five years. The 25 is by far the best, the best rum I've had in my life. It is amazing. Wow. Amazing. That's, that's a statement. The best rum I've had in my life. That's yeah. a statement. Mm-hmm. Now, is that what we've, we've got? we got a bottle of the 18, so we'll hold we do. off on the 25. We'll yeah. do the 18 next. But, sure. uh, but I, and, and, in fact, let's let's go ahead and start that process. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's stopping I, you, man? I uh, I noticed that you also— We'll start in the 25 um, or the 18? Uh, no, oh, let's do the 18. Sorry, I grabbed yeah, the wrong one. Yeah, let's do the 18. Um, I noticed that you also brought some Ghirardelli chocolates along. Yes. Um, now, and, and is this part of—is this essentially part of your display? Because I see— You've got some of the bottles of is this is this so some of the that molasses? Is molasses? Okay, so yeah. At the distillery, we produce sugar, ethanol, and rum with zero environmental impact. The raw material in the production of our rum is molasses, right? Which is the byproduct of the sugar production. Right. So you have a sample there of the molasses that is used in the production of this rum. That's great. Can That's I great. open this? Is yes, this absolutely. Strong? But this is the, I've got I've got here a bottle of the nutrient rich soil from the shadows of Nicaragua's Ooh. San Cristobal von, volcano, and this is some very very black mm. rich. Yeah, so it's very fertile. Obviously, the volcanic ash it smells rain. awesome. Like. I'm gonna, That's what you want Earth to smell like. This I'm going to pass this over to you as well, Ian, because how, this is the, this is the pure the pure molasses. that Earth is. Yeah. And the pure molasses here is something you've really got to— I'm taking it that this is a chunk of one of the staves, correct? That is correct. And so uh-huh. we burn an eighth of an inch. We, so you can kind of barrels. see a little bit of that uh, burn here, the way it's chipped away, which, yeah, this is going to impart a lot of flavor to the rum that's resting that's in that correct. barrel. So for so many, many years, we used to use— Barrels previously used in the aging of Jack Daniels, right mm-hmm. up until about 10 years ago when China began buying tons of the barrels. So we use premium bourbon barrels. Nice. Uh, once used barrels is what they, they're called. And um, I, I would assume that y- your master distillers have a process where once you kind of establish, let's say the 18, which is what we're right. a- about to sample, once you kind of establish what the flavor profile of the 18 is, yes, then from year to year... Do they work to keep that same Without flavor profile in every yeah. release of the 18? Yes. So okay. how do you affect the aroma and flavor of a product? First of all, it has to do with the yeast. The yeast has something called congeners, which gives you the aroma and flavor of each product. Mm-hmm. So we grow our own yeast in Nicaragua through the different fruits grown in Nicaragua from mangos, platanos, or bananas, and so on and so forth. So each one of these skews has a different yeast strain, which affects the aroma and flavor of the product. Then the distillation process varies a little bit by product as well. And then I mentioned to you guys that we use once-used barrels. So even though I mentioned an eighth of an inch, some of these uh, get two-eighths of an inch, three-eighths of an inch, which affect the flavor. So Mm -hmm. every formula, if you will, is very different. And, of course, we distill our products up to five times to give you a neutral cane spirit. And then we reduce it to 77%, put it in, in the barrel. One of the things that we do that other spirits don't do is we don't use caramel. So your typical... Spirit manufacturer will add caramel to keep consistent color. This is the actual color of the rum coming out. And this why, is how it comes out of the barrel, the color that we're looking right. at here. And wow. why are we able to do that? Because we're absolute average plus or minus three up or down. And so it's the same color. 
Right. That makes mm-hmm. sense. That makes sense. Well, it's it, so it's interesting that caramel is added because so we don't add caramel. Well, right, others do. Right. The, that's the, that's what I meant. The caramel is added by others, not you guys, because caramel is one of the flavors in the profile right. that you're often getting when you're sampling yeah. uh, a rum. So. What you're telling me is, if I'm getting caramel in this flavor profile, it's from, it's, the, it's from the juice from the itself. It's and as a matter of fact, added. I watched your last show, and I believe you put uh, some rum in your hands mm-hmm. as a sanitizer, and then it yes. evaporated. Right. That's to show you that we don't use caramel to enrich the color, and our rums are zero percent sugar. That's awesome. Yep. That's awesome. Zero percent. This sugar added. So definitely uh, steps up the level of uh, here's that word smoothness this is so like smooth there's almost a creaminess to the uh, texture of this so, as well so when we had our friend Chris Hart our our expert a whiskey expert on the show we we sort of began talking about the fact that smoothness is often like one of those sort of cheating words like smoothness isn't isn't necessarily um a positive thing when it comes to, you know, uh, uh, to spirits. But I don't know how Smooth. else to. Right, right, I don't know the, how that's else. That's the classic, to, right, right? But I don't know how else to describe this. Um, and it is not a negative at all. It's, how about it's a, silky? It's very silky. Silky. That's a good it's one. It's got a. Um, <clears throat> I would say buttery, but it doesn't have a butter. No, but flavor. it has a creamy sweetness to right. it almost. Right. Creamy might not be the right word because it doesn't. I don't know. It's it's. It's so interesting how silky and and delicious this hits the palate. It it definitely takes things another very big step in that direction. This also from has the twelve. To me, right. this also has a little more of that wine quality to it as That's far a good way as to put the it, oak yeah. and as far as the dryness on the finish and those kind of things. It has a little more heat that comes back to you right. in a very pleasant way. Um than the than the twelve, but it's 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 very good. There is there is though a a wonderful smoothness to this. I mean, Malort, it is not. You know, <laughs> it, it's it's just it it just okay. So maybe here's a way to say it. It has virtually no bite to it. Yeah, there oh, is, that's a good one. There is yeah. some very warm heat that comes back at the beginning, but there is zero harshness to it. It's got it doesn't give you that that sort of Sting, you know, when you're in college and you're doing shots, and and you throw one back and you get that sting, that doesn't doesn't exist doesn't here. register. Here. Yeah, so just you keep know? in mind, the more you age a product, it mellows the product over right. time. And Absolutely. to your point, if mm-hmm. I were to serve you current rum right off the distillate, mm-hmm. that's the harsh rum that you're talking about. Now, when you know we we joked about the title of the show being "How do you deal with a drunken sailor?" Is the reason that rum is so connected with all things nautical is that because the, the of the you know old stories that the British Royal Navy used to pay their sailors in rum when they didn't have money is that no, where that came no, from no that's not the story so the the Royal Navy as part of their daily ration to fight scurvy would give them a pint of rum so that's what it was about it was about fighting disease yeah, right wow. and, and also a part of the lime over, and so they stopped that in 1970. At the end of the day, what was curing the scurvy was actually the lime that the they lime. were having <laughs> versus the, the rum. rum. But they were enjoying the rum a lot more than the lime. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then so you, you'll you... also hear the stories about rums and pirates, for example. Right. So back as early as 1293, a lot of the kings and queens of Europe didn't have 
the large enough navies, navies to enforce the rule of law in the ocean. So what they did, they would give letters of marquee to captains of boats, uh, sanctioning them to capture other boats and taking their goods where they would send 10 to 15 percent of their goods to the king and queen, and then they would distribute the rest amongst their crew. And that's when you start hearing the stories of pirates in the Caribbean. <laughs> and why it's so connected to rum. And that's, that's why it's so connected that's, that's to so the rum. That's yeah. right. Yo-ho-ho in a bottle of rum. All those things that you associate with pirates and sailors. Yeah. And, and uh, that's so interesting. Because, honestly, when I think of rum, I think more of the Latin American countries where uh, – you know where the sugarcane is likely grown. Maybe not all rums come from there, but but mostly they do, and from a lot of you know the, the different Caribbean islands. Caribbean yeah. islands, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, but you guys is 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 in Nicaragua, and I I find that so interesting because um, there's there's such richness to the culture there. Now I know that Nicaragua has um, has struggled some uh, in terms of. Uh, at least I know this from things that I've read about the cigar factories mm-hmm. with the pandemic and that mm-hmm. some of the factories had to close down for a while. Now I think most of them are reopened. Has it had any impact on you guys being able to continue to distill and and, uh, and the people who are working there in your distillery? Yeah, no. Uh, thankfully, it has not infected our supply chain. Um, mm-hmm. So, And we took some precautions because we expected something to happen. It turns out the local government wasn't taking this very seriously. Right. Initially, that, that Initially. was really a problem in Nicaragua. So yeah. what we did is we produced some rum and sent it to Panama as additional uh, inventory. That's so but smart. But nothing, nothing, uh, <laughs> nothing has been ultimately in- came of it. That's right. In- very interesting. Well, um, it's it's had an impact on... American craft beer. I mean, there's been no doubt about that because so many of the smaller uh, breweries derived so much of their revenue from a combination of what they would sell when people would come to the brewery in their own brew pubs and 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 in their own you know beer yards and beer gardens mm-hmm. and things, and what would be on tap in bars in the surrounding neighborhoods for the, for the small guys. Um, those are the guys that are hurting the most. The guys that have some distribution into liquor stores and in um, you know grocery sh- grocery stores and convenience stores are doing a little better because alcohol consumption is actually up. That's right. You guys have wide distribution. <clears throat> you can find Florida County all over the world. Has have you seen during this time when people are drinking more, but there's other things that are affecting and kind of flattening the. Uh, alcohol business. What have you seen? Has it been an increase or a decrease for you guys? Actually, for us, we've had the opposite effect. So in the United States, we sell around 160,000 cases. Mm-hmm. 27% of our sales come from what we call the on-premise, which are restaurants and bars. Right. So that, that's going to be slowed that down. That was yeah. affected tremendously. But because the off-premise is up over 30 to 35%, it oh, has wow. offset the decrease the, in the, the decrease, sales from yeah. restaurants and bars. As a matter of fact, our sales in the U.S. are up 10% year-to-date. And in Canada, which is another market that I oversee, it's up 20%. Now, how, how popular is rum in Canada? It's very popular. We're actually the fourth largest imported rum in Canada. Wow. Uh, we do very, very well. We're a lot bigger than you guys might think. We're actually the fifth largest rum brand globally. We do business in 70 countries. We do over 1.4 million cases wow. worldwide. 1.4 mm-hmm. million cases. Huge. Ian, imagine the concept of shipping 1.4 million cases and making sure that all of that is blended and tastes the way that it's supposed yeah. to. We that's were, an enormous that's a crazy job. thought. Yeah. yeah. 
And the award that we're most most, uh, happy about or proud of is called the Global Rum Producer of the Year by the International Wine Spirit Competition that we got in 2017. Wow. And it talks about the expertise and the passion that we produce our own. We've been doing this for 130 years. We've amassed over 200 medals over the last 10 years. We're one of the most awarded rums. So in addition to the fact that we're sustainably produced, we're very proud of the fact that we're fair trade certified. And then in April, the biggest news for us is that we're carbon neutral certified as of April. In addition to all of that, we produced an amazing rum. It seems to me that it would be a major undertaking to make a distillery carbon neutral. Like, yeah. uh, uh, you know what? Uh, that's not something where you can go, okay, we'll just change this and this and this, and that should do it. Right. Like, this, that's a pretty major. Am I right about that? Is You're that absolutely a, right. Yeah. So, we distill our product with 100% renewable energy. All of the byproduct and waste goes back into powering the plant. And once the plant is fully powered, we sell the excess electricity to the local market at below market value. We help supply 11% of the electricity to Nicaragua during our harvest, which is November through April. Wow. Something that we're very proud of. It's huge. And, you know, you said this a moment ago, but it's a really huge point. You hear all the time about companies that are, uh, you know, sustainable or that have uh, a zero-carbon footprint. But you don't always hear about companies that are sustainable and have zero-carbon footprint that make really great stuff. And that's a, that's a that's kind of a big deal, you know. How long did that process take to become that? The fair trade certified the or the carbon neutral? The certified. carbon neutral and, and, and the fair trade. So we have been. We started the process of this. So it's very difficult to be certifi- certified, right? So the fair trade certification means that you need to be compliant with over three hundred plus rigorous worker, social, and environment mm-hmm. standards. Mm-hmm. And we just got our certification about a year or two years ago. Um, a lot of what goes into this, we've been doing it for a long time. So, for example, all of our employees, so during the harvest, again, November through April, we employ anywhere from five to 6,000 people. As part of this certification, we provide free education to all of our employees. We've had a company school since 1913, and then we provide free health care since 1958. That's so, great. I mean, we, so imagine this. Um, you're a sugar cane cutter. So in terms of the sugar mill, we own 37,000 acres. About 90 to 95% of that sugar mill is done mechanically, and the rest is done manually. Mm-hmm. So your sugar cane cutter, for example, makes two times the minimum wage. We supply them with 50% of their food, their monthly food consumption. Their kids go to free private education uh, through our school, and they get free health care. It is one of the companies where people want to work. We are one yeah, of the most makes, admired companies. Yeah, it makes your companies. jobs very sought after. Sure. That's right. And allows you to kind of have the pick of uh, potential employees, well, too, that also, which is good for your production. Uh, I can't. Mm-hmm. I, I can imagine that that makes your employees want to work and be that. We have over a large number of employees that have worked in our company for over 30 years. I myself have worked with Flora de Caña for 19 years. That's so great. Yeah. That's so awesome. Well, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. When we come back in the next, we still want to taste the 25, but I may 
I may hold that off until the final segment, just as our as our piece of resistance. Yes, because it's so good. Uh, so maybe in the next segment we'll do a couple of beers. We have this IPA uh, from uh, the Altogether IPA from six hundred different the uh, six hundred mm-hmm. different breweries have collaborated on, and uh, then we have the Ante Meridium from Monday Night Brewing. This is a bourbon barrel imperial brown ale. So uh, so maybe we'll do both of those in the next segment, and then we'll do one more uh, rum to close us out. What do you say? That sounds awesome to me. Uh, it sounds I'll follow good. you. It's Smoking a Toast in show number 193. And uh, still to come, we do make an effort to answer the question, how do you deal with a drunken sailor? You get such a kick out of the fact that I enjoy doing that. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. It is the radio program and podcast and video cast and vlog and all of those other things that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. It's so good to have you uh, on the program, and it's so good to have uh, uh, Samuel in from Florida Kanye and Hamilton from Florida Kanye in the studio with us. We're, uh, we just we really do love the rum, so it, it makes it exciting Thank anytime that we can have you guys on. And uh, now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's time for a portion of the show that we like to uh, that we like to feature that gives you a chance to hear something that may or may not be about spirits or drinking, but. Even if it is, or even if it isn't, it's it's all good about uh, it's all good to listen to and to ponder while you're drinking. It's a segment we call Drinking News, and the intro goes something like this: Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. And I'm gonna I've keep. I've got to do something. I'm gonna about keep that. singing it just like that until you get us a real drinking news. Okay, so jingle. so there's. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. The blame is on my on me. Yes, you, but you my guys, wife is now working from home, and I oh, so it makes it a little harder to record. I had to let her appropriate my workspace so she can do that I because understand. I have to clean out a different space, which is getting there, but getting it's not there, there okay. yet. Well, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, Ian uh, obviously has been a musician for quite some time and was responsible for helping to put together the intro music on the show, which is great. I mean, are that you kidding? John Egan on vocals, and it's fantastic. Um, so that, been, uh, that last little bit you heard was actually one of my bands too. Mm-hmm, that's right, our, our little intro music. So I've been threatening him to. Uh, well, I've been threatening. I've been asking him to come up with a jingle for us for drinking news and just sort of spur him <clears> along. I've decided that I'll just sing my own jingle until he it's, comes. It up is with having us. an effect on. It me. is okay. That's, that's what I, that's what I had hoped it would do. You know, sometimes we do drinking news because uh, we find a, uh, a a story that just has to be shared. Sometimes it's actually. An accompanying photo or video that really makes drinking news, and in this case, it's going to be a video. So, uh, those of you who are able to watch the show either live on Facebook or uh, on on YouTube will enjoy this as I read you about a uh, I read you our drinking news story, which doesn't start a Florida man, but does start a Louisiana man <laughs> faces charges for swimming in a sporting goods store fish tank. And oh. Adam, you can roll that video anytime you want. Uh, the suspect told reporters that he plunged into, at least he had a good reason, he plunged into an indoor aquarium in a Bass Pro Shop in Boisier City, Louisiana, to celebrate getting 2,000 likes on TikTok. <laughs> That's 
a reason. He, he, that was his reason. He, uh, They were able to reel him in, and he was captured on video swimming through a fish tank in a sporting goods store. And really, I could read you the rest of the uh, of the story, but that's, that was... Uh, I, I think that's enough. The man said that if he got 2,000 likes on TikTok, that he would jump in the tank. I got way more than that, he said, and I didn't want to be a liar. Was it, was it worth it? That's the question. Well, it, it's almost worth it because we get to see this video. That almost makes it worth <laughs> it. But yeah, but yeah, for him, I don't know. A woman who was uh, in the store said, we heard a big splash and I thought it was one of the fish. My fiance was like... Somebody's in the tank, and we saw the guy swimming. You know, the, ah, this is the story goes on. Uh, Thank you for that like voice, that. but yeah, <laughs> no problem. There was no extra charge for that, by the way. Um, so anyway, there's your story. There's your drinking news for uh, another edition of Smoking and Toasting. Thank you for playing. Now, um, in I, I wanted to mention also, and I think we've mentioned this on previous shows, but we haven't really dug into it. There's been a really cool thing that has happened in in the world of craft beer uh, as more and more breweries and more and more bar and restaurant employees are dealing with the hardships of things being closed. Here in Texas, the bars were allowed to reopen again with a lot of restrictions, but then as the cases began to spike of uh, the coronavirus, they, they've been closed again. So there's a lot of people who are regular. I, I'm I'm worried about our, our friendly uh, Reserve 101 that's over by my house. Yeah. Because I drove by there today, and i got to tell you, it looks like they're taking everything out of there. Like I know they reopened, and then they closed Yeah, didn't again. it just recently sell? It, yeah, it, I, I, I'm not sure about that. But I know they reopened when the reopening started in Texas. And then, uh, I know, obviously, they closed again because bars are closed again. I thought uh, so, uh, two of the bartenders that worked there actually bought the place out. Wow. So I wonder if they're taking this opportunity to say, okay, we're going to redo the place, maybe. I don't know. I have well, to look into that. I don't that. know. Uh, but craft brewers around the world struggling during the pandemic have at least decided that they want to come together to help their own. More than 600 breweries in 48 states of the U.S. and 51 countries have created their own all-together beer. So the way they did this was um, each brewery was given the same base recipe, and they added their own twist to it. So the all-together beer that you get from one brewery begins with the same recipe, but everybody changes it up just a little bit, so it's going to be slightly different from brewery to brewery. Uh, a portion of the proceeds for every sale helps hospitality workers who have lost their jobs. And Ian, the one that we're sampling here is from Urban Island, I believe. Is that the, is that the name of the uh, brewery? Um, I, can, I can look back at it just uh, uh, on my notes here. It says, uh, brewed and canned by Untitled Art. Untitled Art. I'm sorry. And that's correct. Untitled Art. Uh-huh. And that is Wanaki, out of Wanaki, Wisconsin. Yep. Uh, other Half Brewing, I think, originated the recipe. And then all these 600 different breweries uh, came up with their own twist on it. This particular twist is from Untitled Art. In the Houston area, which is where our show is based... Uh, Urban South Brewing was uh, the one that created the beer for this particular region. Of that. Actually, they're coming on the show in a few weeks. I love so that. So hopefully they can bring their uh, their version of All Together Now. So this you've had a version to, of All Together to Now. It. Yes, is very much like pineapple. Mm-hmm. And um, wow, and uh, a uh, major, grapefruit. A major pineapple note there. Oh, yeah, big time. Pineapple with a grapefruit finish. I, I don't know if there's beer in here. It's delicious. <laughs> it almost tastes like a slushy, doesn't it? Yeah, but this if this was slightly frozen, it would be like <coughs> mm-hmm. almost a cocktail. This is fantastic, by the way. It's, this, it's very This drinkable. reminds me a bit of Ghost in the Machine, which is uh, from 
Parish Brewing, which is one of our favorites uh, in the IPA category. Um, I have to tell you, as as IPA, and it says right here, it says, uh, let's see, Mosaic, Citrus, Simcoe, and Cashmere. Uh, all, so those are the hops. Um, yeah, yeah, all on there. Hosted by other half. Uh, there's not a whole lot of other uh, information on here. Worldwide collaboration brewed to support hospitality professionals. A very simple can art just has all together in a circle. The back of the can is kind of green, grassy looking thing. Um, this it's good. It's it's very drinkable. It's not hoppy, annoying bitterness on the back end. There's no there's no um, pine cone or resinous flavor to it. It's very fruity. If you uh, want to find out more information about this beer and about this whole movement, uh, you can go to a spot on the web that is altogether.beer. I didn't know there was a .beer dot extension beer? on the web, but I'm so excited. That should totally be – we should totally change up from smokingandtoasting.com to smokingandtoasting.beer. We should totally, <laughs> totally right. do that. Wow. Well, uh, that's uh, that's a really good thing, They've, and and – well, these guys in in uh, Wisconsin did a nice twist on it. Either that, or that's a really good basic uh, juicy IPA recipe because that's uh, that's quite delicious. Agreed. That's quite delicious. Um, now it, it's interesting when we have guests on the show. Usually, <clears throat> there's somebody who loves IPAs, like our our uh, whiskey friend Chris Hart, mm-hmm. or they'll say at some point in the show, "Yeah, I'm not really an IPA guy." So IPA to me is the most polarizing of of all the beer. Uh, Styles because people either can't get enough of it or they can get enough of it. You know, it's 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 one of the two. Or, Ian, or enough is too much. Ian's one of those rare guys that it's not your favorite, but there are some that you really really like. When it's well done, I enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of how I am about. How are you like, feeling about like this a white one? ale? You know, I do. I, I do like IPAs as long as they're they taste nice. Yeah. As long as they're balanced, right? Yeah. yeah. Then we talk about that a lot. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. The, well, it's the imbalance ones. <laughs> like you know, so IPAs got so popular that. That I, I got a little burned out on them for a while, uh, and then, and then that whole like, how much hops can we just blast at you? Right. Uh, West Coast IPA craze happened, and uh, I just a lot of them weren't good. But they there were, were some outstanding ones, and yes. still are. Stone yes, brewing. No, no uh, agreed. You know, uh, agreed with that. There's exceptions to every rule, but Stone's been doing that. Right. Even before it became the craze, it's kind of what they you do. Know. Did I tell you about? I ordered a, a T-shirt. Actually, I wore it on on the show one day. A Stone Brewing T-shirt, yeah. and uh, so I ordered it. And when the when the T-shirt arrived in the mail, it was like when the pandemic first started, and I was like. I can't go shopping. I guess I might as well go buy something online and get it delivered. So I I ordered the T-shirt, and they sent along some um, some uh, you know different like little bumper stickers and coasters came in the package. And one of the coasters said, "I'm going to try to remember this right." Craft uh, seltzer, where poor taste and cheap ingredients meet. Nice. <laughs> so clearly Stone is not a fan of the craft seltzer. Uh, you know, and they're never uh, afraid uh, to say it either. Movement. Yeah, they're, they've, <laughs> always been, they've always been pretty outspoken. I think we should do a, 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 craft, a hard seltzer uh, blind taste test show. Wouldn't that be fun? You know, we've, we've you know? threatened we, to we do the hard seltzer yeah. thing. Uh, Adam, 
I just bumped this camera, so we yeah. might not have a good. So I may be like way off of of the camera, okay, which cool. which may be a major improvement. But um, <laughs> we now only have half of cruises. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the good half. So uh, so that's what. So we're doing two beers in this segment. Let's uh, let's go to the next one. And I know you're excited about this because this is the imperial uh, bra- uh, the imperial brown ale, the ante meridium. And I'm uh, I'm pretty excited to taste this as well. It's from Monday Night Brewing in Atlanta, Georgia. It's a really beautiful bottle. It looks looks fancy. It, it is really really pretty, isn't mm-hmm. it? And the yeah, label it on it is really nice. It's got kind of a parchment textured kind of look to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It says uh, Bourbon Barrel Imperial Brown Ale uh, with maple, coffee, and vanilla, aged in bourbon barrels with maple syrup, coffee, and vanilla added. Uh, 2019, brewed by Monday Night Brewing in Atlanta, Georgia. And what about the alcohol percentage, Ian? 13.5%. Okay, so I, I think I mistakenly said 15, but still, 13.5 is, is a lot. It's a lot, I'm just saying. So, 13.5%. I'll pass that one on over to Adam. Um, thank you. That is, oh, thank you very oh, much. Oh, Adam, did I forget you the last time? Yeah. And we got to save some of this for Hamilton too. He uh, no doubt would like to taste some of this when the show is uh, when the show is done. We got extra Hamilton. Don't worry. Um, so uh, he's just always so you know generous to us. We got to make sure we return the take favor care of him. Yeah, we bit. have actually uh, a little bit of everything left so far. You know, it was very interesting because one of the last events that I went to right before everything. Uh, Shut down was one of Hamilton's uh, events in in downtown yes, Houston. That was. So I remember fun. we all came out. We smoked some cigars. We enjoyed he some. He gave rum. us cigars. He did. He's oh, he's nice. that kind of a guy. See, he's, I'm telling you. Uh, but it was always fun. I'm, and I know that you know a lot of that stuff has come to a screeching halt. But I've got my fingers crossed. I'm just I'm just looking forward to the day, you know, when we can go back out and do more of these tasting events. And and uh, that's something I really miss. This smells like breakfast with. Vanilla added. It's uh, maple <laughs> syrup and coffee, mm, mm. and and a little. Also, I've I've noticed that I'm I'm watching it move around in the glass, and I'm I'm not sure if it's liquid or gel. It moves a little slower <laughs> than when you move the glass. Yes, yeah, it's definitely yeah, got a, a, a almost, big mouth feel to it. I've got hand sanitizer that is more liquid than this. You know, wow. <laughs> this is delicious. Well, I had wow. a feeling this just had your name on it, and it is really wonderful on the nose. Uh, oh, I'm about. I to want this my... on pancakes. Yeah, <laughs> mm. yeah. Maple syrup comes through huge. Oh, the vanilla. Sure. Wow. Is is on the nose? Wow! But not as much as I suspected in the flavor. But the coffee, mm-hmm. um, it's like it's like the maple syrup sweetness and stickiness is there, and then the coffee's there just to just to finish it off yeah. and leave a little bitter, so it doesn't linger too much. Mm. What a great beer! Mm-hmm. It is it is a little bit thinner than melted chocolate. <laughs> Um, but not much. <laughs> but not by much. But not much. Yeah. When you swirl it around in the glass, it takes a moment to follow your motion. I don't motion. see any floaties in here. No, I, di- I didn't get any chunks. Um, but but it, but it is definitely a high viscosity beer. No what question do you think, about that. What do you think of this? I do. I I get the um, the thicknesses here. It reminds me a little bit of coffee and Coke in terms of mm-hmm. the thickness. But yeah. I do get the um, I get notes of toffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, heavy. big big time toffee yeah. in there. Uh, I tell you what, I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to save a little bit of this because in our last segment, we're often uh, fond of going back and forth between the spirit and 
whatever the bigger uh, beer was that we had on the show. And yeah. I have a feeling this like and this the uh, this and the twenty five might have a happy little uh, relationship going. Nice by the yeah. end of the show. We you uh, know we'll see. so so darker <clears throat> beers in general and rum seem to really pair well and rum and cigars are just, it's oh, hard to it's mess hard that to mess up, up. yes yeah. it is and and you know sometimes with with cigars um cigars and beer are the finickiest because some beers go great and some don't go at yeah. all with cigars cigars and rum are probably about the easiest i think maybe cognac, whiskey maybe. or cognac next cognac, yeah. uh and and i enjoy pairing them with tequila but it has to be the right yeah, tequila. some tequilas have, don't yeah. work well, but mm-hmm. but again, that's it's kind of like the beer thing. The right ones go. Together. The right ones go great. Yeah, but but rum is almost like you you almost can't mess it up yeah. with a cigar uh, as long as you're doing a quality rum. And so, speaking of quality rum, we are going to get to some of that in our final segment as we get to the Florida Canya Twenty Five. And, and I just want to repeat that that. Um, we, you are absolutely invited. We can book it when the show's over if you, you want Thank for the you. right date to come back uh, with a bottle of the. It's it's thirty. Yeah, it's a thirty year single age rum. So all of the rum comes from a barrel from nineteen eighty eight. It's called the fifth generation. Uh, it's called fifth generation, and it's to celebrate to commemorate our hundred thirty year anniversary. So uh, unlike the the rums that have the year designation the age designation on them here which is the average year. that's correct so it's in the this absolute case, average it's 100% of every drop of rum has been aged oh for 30 years God. right wow. and so what ends up happening in this the is, rum world this has got to be a fairly pricey bottle right? it is so it sells for $1200 okay so what happens in the rum world is you can basically age a rum as much as 30 years Anything above that is very similar to the protection that you put from the sun. You know how the SPF, right. anything above 30%, the percentage of protection is very little. Right. It's diminished return it diminishes. at that point, yeah. That's the same way. The most you can really age a rum is 30 years, then after that, it's diminishing returns. Yeah. It's really not worth it. So, yeah. Ian. Well, and in some cases, like uh, I know with, with, um, with scotch, they get to 40... I think it's forty four, forty six, and it actually starts to kind of go downhill from. Oh, there. is it? Okay, yeah, yeah. If I'm not correct, I think that's. A, I think uh, Wingo told us that. Mm-hmm. A while I, I do remember him telling us yeah. that. And so that's why you see you see the Ladybird forty two, but you don't see a lot older than that because just generally speaking, it'll it'll actually go backwards. Um, so as we uh, as we get ready to go to break and come back and uh, taste some of the twenty five, Ian, if you look at your phone, you'll notice that I'm texting you. Uh, my uh, Christmas list uh, for you to gift me this year. Oh yeah, yeah. And the the first thing on there is the Florida Kanye kind of thirty. Yeah, just, oh, the fifth just generation. In, yeah, They're just in nice. case you uh, <laughs> you know had any trouble reading that. I know sometimes. Yeah, well, know. Fortunately, I know yeah. a guy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay, that's not imposing at all. Uh, <laughs> all right, we'll be uh, we'll be right back with our final segment and some twenty five uh, with our uh, uh, with our new friend in the studio, Mr. Samuel Fitch from Florida Kanye. Uh, it's smoking and toasting. We'll be right back. Awesome. Oh, 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Smoking and Toasting. Uh, back for our final segment on show number 193. We're brought to you by uh, the fine folks at B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in uh, Fort Worth. Now, um, we we are big fans of, of Florida Kanye. Uh We have other relationships in, in the rum world as well. One of our uh, favorite guests uh, on the show has been uh, Docs, Greg Doxakis from uh, Plantation He's Rum. He's a lot of fun. Uh, and there's a pretty important news story about Plantation Rum uh, this week. Those guys are changing the name of their brand uh, due to its meaning, uh, a large farm. Founder Alexander Gabriel originally named the brand Plantation, he says, because he grew up on a large farm and uh, he founded the family business, which also produces uh, Cognac, the Maison Ferrand uh, brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but due to the fact that you know companies and brands everywhere around the world are examining their their brand names, their advertising, all of these things, in light of how sensitive those are, given what our country has just gone through with the George Floyd uh, protests and everything. And a lot of people are reevaluating. There's been bands that have changed their names, and they said, you know what, we may not have done this with, or we may not have named it this out of any ill intent, but maybe it's time to look at it differently. And so that's that's what Plantation basically says they're doing. They have not announced what the new name will be, although they say, you know, the juice will be the same and none of the, you know, um, blends or anything like that will be uh, will be changing. So it's, you know, it is a little bit of a different world out there in, yeah. in the business world right now. And so, right. um, you know, I I'm not always in favor of when people take things to an extreme and kind of force brands to do things but i'm always in favor of things when brands say you know let's let's self examine let's evaluate yeah does this really you know, is this really important and if someone could perceive it in a way that we don't mean it but that isn't a good thing yeah maybe maybe we should change it so i think i'll applaud i them think for that it. i think that's a responsible brand i think when other people hold for instance the fact that plantation the word plantation uh, in in America, I think uh, tends to to make us think of the the South and the uh, and the slavery and th- right that, and that things that, that may not be as like that. right as and as that was very negative. Uh, and even though uh, their name had nothing to do with that, right, it wasn't what it was about. He grew up on a large farm, a plantation. I, I that's think, what he named it. You know? Right. I think the the fact that the company has said, you know, we we can be dynamic, we can do that. I think it says a lot about a company. I think I think that. And and I also think that uh, it would be over the top for people to expect them to do that, but I think it's an uh, awesome see, thing. I, I totally agree with that. I, yeah. I would hate if they were having to do it because they were being pressured when it was not what their original intent was. Well, but I applaud them for being proactive. Also, different words have different connotations where you go. Uh, if you say the word fanny in England, it doesn't mean the same thing that it means here. Oh, that's right. I'm just going to point that out. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And there's, so, a, there's a number of words like that. Yes, very you know? much so. So uh, that's just a, a thought to consider as well. But, you know, they know what their market is and they know what they need to do. And being dynamic, I think, is a large part of being successful. So, yeah. Agreed. Well, um, one of the uh, things that we have always loved and respected about uh, the brands that we've kind of made friends with here on the show is their ability to have, you know, a sense of uh, not only make a great product but have a sense of social responsibility. And it's one of the beautiful things about Florida Kanye, and that's what uh, that's what we were talking about a few moments ago about about taking a brand where you actually go through the steps required right. to 
achieve sustainability for your brand, to achieve mm -hmm. a place where you can say, hey, we are we are certified fair trade, or a place where you can say, hey, we're certified carbon neutral. I mean, right. uh, you can say that you are, but to be certified that is a completely other thing. That's uh, That requires, as you were saying, a, a pretty big checklist of things that you a are level saying. Of commitment. Yeah, a, yeah. A, a real commitment. And I think, you know, in the world that we find ourselves in today, um, it's. I, I just think it's more important than ever to uh, to be responsible about the planet and about how you treat the people of the planet. And I think that's uh, that that's just so commendable. And you guys, you guys seem to take it so seriously. And like I said in the last segment, you also make great stuff. Like it's one thing mm -hmm. to take it seriously if your stuff is just okay. But your uh, but your rum and your. Uh, uh, your commitment you. are both equally respectful. And yeah, and Chris, I, the other thing I'd like to add is we give back to the community. That's so there's absolutely right. Two foundations that we support very heavily in Nicaragua. One of them is called Aproken, uh, which was founded in 1991, <clears throat> and it provides free medical services to child burn children and also wow. children that have cleft palates. They've done <laughs> over 600,000 medical services. Wow. So we support them. And then also the American Nicaraguan Foundation, which was founded in 1992. And this foundation that tries to alleviate poverty. So we also support them heavily. They go into poor communities, provide water, food, housing, and education. So we're more than just a rum producer. You know, we, we care about the people in Nicaragua. I mentioned to you guys that we supply 11% of the electricity to Nicaragua at below market value during the harvest. Um, on top of the fact that we produce a sustainable product. Right. And, you know, it's uh, I've, I've not had an opportunity to spend time in Nicaragua, but you and I both got to spend time in Honduras, and you can see that the, the conditions there for workers, for the working class, is very, very different very from different. conditions for yes. the average working class person in the United States. And right. it's something that... You know, when when we're smoking Nicaraguan cigars and enjoying, you know, spirits from those areas, yeah, you know, it's not it's not something that's necessarily uppermost in our minds in the U.S. But see the people there, and to see how and and the uh, the the guys that we were on their uh, plantation in Honduras were were handling that in a similar way. They really took care of their employees and, and helped, uh, helped to make sure their children got proper education and, and schooling and and really worked to give back to the community in ways similar to what you're talking about. And I'm sure that Nicaragua is, is very similar to some of the things that we saw uh, in Honduras. So the fact that you guys are that involved... I think it shows a great uh, commitment. Rocky Patel talks about it with his yeah. uh, with his cigar factory mm -hmm. uh, as well. How he works to give back to uh, the community there, and you know it. It's easy sometimes to just sort of look the other way if you know labor is cheaper there, or uh, you know what I mean. But but to show that kind of commitment says a lot about the integrity of the people well, that run the company. So it's it's one thing if if you're <clears throat> up against. A bunch of rules and regulations that you have to um, that you have to comply to to run a business, but the fact that you step outside and you right. go, well, we want to be. But you go a step further than that. We want to be this next level. Mm -hmm. Makes a big difference. It really is. Yes. It really is. Yes. Is it possible? Because I was just this smells so nosing good. this. Is it possible uh, that I've forgotten how good this is? Yes. So the twenty-five. <laughs> just a couple of comments. We launched this in twenty fourteen. 
Uh, we participated in a competition last year, the San Francisco Spirit Competition. Mm-hmm. Every single judge rated this 95 and above, received mm-hmm. the double gold medal best in class super premium category. This is the best rum I've ever had in my life. It is amazing. Now, have you tasted? You haven't tasted the thirty yet, right? Because it's not out. I have tasted it. I, right? I still prefer the twenty. Really, that's so yes, interesting. Well, yes. wow. uh, it'll be very interesting to compare. Now, you you mentioned what the thirty was going to retail for. What is uh, what is the retail average for a bottle of the twenty five? So the twenty five retails for one hundred and fifty five dollars. Okay, fifty dollars for the eighteen, and then thirty to thirty five for the twelve. And I got to tell you, I personally prefer the 12 to the 18. Um, it makes great uh, rum old fashions. Mm. Drink it on the rocks. Um, rum sour is also very good. So food for thought. So at about $150. So mm-hmm. this, I did. this becomes to me the rum equivalent of my very favorite tequila, which is the uh, Jose Cuervo mm. Reserva de la Familia, which mm. is right at that same uh, price point, and I got to tell you, if you were to offer me either or, that'd be a tough choice. Yeah. I mean, this, but this is in that this is in that stratosphere for me. This is this is an absolutely I, I amazing tell and delicious. You a rum. funny story. So a couple years ago, I'm in a uh, brew club called CCSD, the Connoisseurs Club of Smoking and Drinking, and a, we go on a road trip every year, and it's usually the same route, and we stop at the Shiner uh, Shiner for the Spotsil Brewery, you know, and. And then we end up camping out at Canyon Lake. But one of the stops we have was in uh, Gonzales, Gonzales, and um, and there was a fledgling rum company there called Immortal Rum from Gonzales. And super nice guy gave me a bottle of rum. You know, uh, we were talking about the show, and I said, you know, sure, I'll try to bring it on the show, that kind of thing. It was not good. <laughs> <laughs> It was, and I'm sorry to say, this, it was the absolute worst rum I've ever tried in my life. Wow. Oh, so geez. I was talking about this just <laughs> recently with my uh, brew club at a meeting, and I thought it would be fun to go, you know what? I'm going to literally bring the absolute ends of the spectrum. The absolute worst you've And this had. is what <laughs> happened to the rest of my bottle of the 25. <laughs> so I brought the absolute worst rum. And the I absolute mean, best rum. It's, it was... It was terrible, and and I had everyone try it, and everyone had one eye, you know. Oh, <laughs> <that no. looked. laughs> and I said, "But never fear." How do and you jump though from that all the way to the? Very we did. Best. We did a little palate cleansing with some beer. Okay, good. And then everyone got to enjoy the the Florida Cana twenty five, and mm. it was absolutely wonderful. And, and that was a happy bunch of people. Yes. So as long as you finished with that, you were you were yes, happy bunch yes. So of it was just kind of a funny thing to bring. Like the absolute farthest ends that you can get, you know. And it was amazing to finish that. Way. When we so did fun. our our malt liquor show, we should have done that. We should have had malt liquor, and then chocolate. we should have we should have done like the very best. Thank you, uh, the very best uh, beer that we could drink. But no, we only had malt liquor on that show. That was like uh, to this day. I sometimes wake up and think I can still taste that. Uh, it was just, just, uh, just dreadful. This but, is so good. Yeah. So yeah, try yeah. this. So, so I've yeah, given you saying... guys some Ghirardelli sixty percent cacao chocolate. It'll mm-hmm. draw the notes of chocolate from Out each of the from this rum. Mm-hmm. Oh it's wow! Really, really nice. Wow! Isn't that nice? It turns it into a bit of a chocolate bomb, like yeah. right there. A big chocolate bomb. Yeah. You're, you're not kidding. So wow. a nice dark chocolate cake, for example, as an mm-hmm. aperitif. 
you're gonna when you drink our rum, this 25 zero alcohol burn, some notes of right. toffee, vanilla, some almonds, really, really nice. It, it almost no heat whatsoever <clears throat> to this. Yeah, no, it does this thing where I, I don't want to say that the flavor, the flavors from the rum explode in your mouth, but it's more like they bloom. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, That's a nice like word, when yeah. when you get them on your palate, it's just like they just sit there and they sort of gently, like. Massage your palate with flavor. It's it's a really wonderful yes. experience. It really is. I really enjoy it. Like, so we talk sometimes about the oiliness in a whiskey or a mm-hmm. rum or spirit right. in general, in a good way. In a good way. And the oiliness in this, what the what that really translates to for the the uh, the you know the the down and dirty of it is when you take a sip of it, it's the kind of thing that just spreads it across the palate. If you mm-hmm. don't have that. It tends to take some of the dimensions out of the flavor. You know, you get a little more uh, less depth of flavor, and this just spreads across the palate, and it also lets it linger. And it's absolutely, absolutely gorgeous in this expression. Mm-hmm. So, Ian, I'm really interested to see what your experience is with this. If you take a drink of that um, uh, Florida Kanye 25, and then go back to the beer, I'll tell you what I got. I got coffee, coffee, and a little bit of uh, of like heat, a little bit of pepper out of the beer, not the rum. But I can I, see that I got this sort of gentle Kinda, spiciness yeah. that I had not noticed in it before, and that really surprised me because I would have said a number of things to describe this beer before. Spicy would not have been one of it, them. It almost has a little bit of a um, chili kind of flavor mm-hmm. to it mm-hmm. on the tail end. That, it leaves. That's interesting. Now go back to the 25. Now we're going back. Yeah. And that brings out a lot of the vanilla. Yes, exactly. And maple now, syrup. When we had our bites of this uh, Ghirardelli chocolate a moment ago, it brought out all the chocolate mm-hmm. in this. Uh, the chocolate, in, yes. in this. But coming back from that beer, which has some vanilla in it, right? The, uh, yeah. The, uh, yeah, vanilla smoothie. added. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it really, I think, brings the vanilla notes out of the rum. And what about what about water with a rum like this? Is that a good idea? A drop or two of water does it open it up and Absolutely. expand it? Absolutely. And yeah? so you either drink it neat or mm-hmm. on the rocks. Obviously, a large ice cube melts a little bit, opens the bouquet. Uh, right. Highly recommend it. For Ian sure. of, uh, often talks about how that's one of his favorite things to do uh, with a bourbon or a scotch is yep. a single ice cube, so you get the. Addition of the ice cube, mm-hmm. you get the dilution as the ice cube melts, and you get the temperature change as the ice cube cools. Uh, and and you mentioned the large ice cube, and the reason right. you use a large ice cube a lot of times is because you limit the amount of melting that That's happens. Correct. A lot of times when I do with scotch and whiskey, I like small chips of ice, oh. and the reason I like that is because there's a flavor experience that happens when it gets cold certain flavors are masked but certain other flavors come out the brighter flavors and sometimes the fruitier flavors come out mm-hmm. uh, and then as it dilutes of course you're opening up the the uh, spirit and you get some different flavors there but then as it warms back up you get a whole nother level of uh, of flavors and I love that ride. So I generally, when I do this, I generally go with smaller chips of ice for that very reason. Although, 
depending on what you're drinking. You know, every drink can be you know different, or the experience can be different. Um, is this photo, and I'm going to show, turn and maybe you can show that to the camera. You're a little closer. Uh, is this photo that you guys brought with you? Is this uh, at your original distillery? Is that it where that is. was taken? So that is so. a picture from the 1890s. This is a picture of our founding fathers. Okay. So after every harvest, they would celebrate by drinking a rum. And over time, mm -hmm. the rum began to seep into the local population that we began to commercially produce and sell the product in Nicaragua in 1937. So when it originally started, it was just kind of for the, it was for the just, friends and family, right? Right. So it was just the sugar mill, friends and family, the aged rum. Nice. nice. Now, I, I like this guy standing up on the uh, oh yeah on the wheel over here. That's yeah. <laughs> and Ian, um, to your point, I mean, we've been doing this for 130 years. And so the expertise. That's, the, that's amazing. That's the difference you know, between some of these fly-by-night companies, yeah. right? So When when somebody uh, says tells you that their company's been you know doing something that has a standard of quality to it for 130 years, you realize, like, that means they were able to withstand several generations. And what I mean by that is there's always that next generation where they kind of think they know what they're doing, but they really don't have the same passion for it. Right. And they screw it up along the way. Yes. And you guys have managed to keep the the quality level, you know, either the same or, or even getting better as time has gone by. That That's kind of a big deal. You know, you've always got that yeah. bratty rich kid who screws up dad's business because he thinks he knows it all. You know what I mean? Uh, and and that that hasn't happened with, uh, with a brand like this for 130 years. That's crazy. Uh -huh. 130 years, and a lot of things have happened in those 130 years. Sure, I there's been disasters and, and, oh, and the all kinds changed. of things. Yeah, right. So remember, over. we had civil war in Nicaragua in 1980s. Mm -hmm. We had an earthquake in 1972. In 1989, uh, the distillery burnt. Luckily, there was another distillery being sent to Colombia which we managed to buy at a premium, we brought it back. The owners of our company, the owner of our company, his name is Carlos Pelas and his wife, were, got on a plane uh, that went from Nicaragua to Honduras, and the plane crashed. Out of 190 wow. people, only about 10 people survived. Wow. They suffered severe burns. As a result of that, the wife, Vivian Pelas, opened Aproquen, which is the which hospital is one of the reasons that you with guys, the free medical yes. services to child yeah. burnt. Wow. Children and club palette. Wow, uh, that's you know, so cool. So hurricanes, you name it, earthquakes in uh, 130 years. And to your point, fifth generation family owned companies, only 0.3% 0 .03 of those companies survive. Samuel, you mentioned you've been with the company for 18, 19, 19 years. years. Yeah. yeah, 19, 19 years. years. Um, what? How did you get involved with Florida Kenya? Yeah, so I, I've been in the alcoholic beverage industry now for over 25 years. So I used to work for Ernest and Julio Gallo. I used to oh, live yeah. in St. Thomas, Virgin Islands. I used to oversee the Caribbean. Uh, after about two and a half years, I was promoted. I was sent to Cancun. I oversaw half of Mexico for Ernest and Julio Gallo. And after about five years, the company restructured and eliminated about 35% of the Latin American division. And then I worked for Seagram. I was the Hispanic state manager for the state of Florida for three years, and then they were bought out, as you guys know, by Diageo mm -hmm. and Pernod Ricard. And then I was interviewed for a position with Florida de Caña, and to be honest with you, I'd never heard of Florida de Caña in my life at really? the time. Really? Well, were you not a rum guy, or you just I didn't just know the brand? I didn't know the brand, right? So okay. I'm coming from Seagram's, promoting Captain right. Morgan. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the time, we were only selling 5,000 cases in the U.S. when I first started with the company. Um, and so I lived uh, in Miami for quite some time, for about eight years. And then I managed to move back to Texas because I grew up in Texas. I wanted to be close to the family. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy to say that when I first moved here to Texas, we were only selling 1,500 cases. 
Now we sell over 30,000 cases in the state of Texas. That's we do nice. over 160,000 cases in the U.S. Wow. I manage Canada. We do over 40,000 cases in Canada and 1.4 million cases globally. Wow, so the wow. brand is on fire. We're very proud of that. That's awesome. And, mm-hmm. and you've managed to maintain a standard of quality through that. Because I'll tell you, it, in all of these iterations, in, in the 12-year, in the 18, and the 25, I mean, they're all very different. But they've all got just just a wonderful uh, aura of quality about can, them. Can so. I take this down? Because the one we haven't talked about is oh, the right. 7. Yeah. Yes. What, what is the uh, price point on the Florida Kanye 7? So the 7-year-old seven seven. is a mixable, right? So the price point's anywhere from 20 to $25. Right. It makes an amazing mojito, rum and coke, uh, ginger ale and coke. I do what are called handshake and daiquiris. Mm-hmm. So basically an ounce and a half of our 7-year-old three quarter ounces of lime juice, one ounce of simple syrup, shaken and poured over a glass is is your handshake and daiquiri, mm-hmm. very, very good. If you want to put two or three dashes of Angostura bitters, I call it the swirl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a lot of flexibility. Highly recommend the seven for those that, so very similar to your wines, it's a developed palate, right? When you start mm-hmm. drinking wines, you go with the sweet, then you get tired of that, you go for something dry, you start right. with the white, then you work your way up. That's very similar to spirits, right? Mm-hmm. So even though you guys, we've been focusing on 12, 18, 25, you might, you might have some listeners that are not there yet. So then they could start with our seven-year-olds. Well, I want to also point out that like when we mentioned seven, the first thing you mentioned was mixing. Yes. This is fine by itself. Yes. There oh, yes, it is. Nothing wrong it absolutely with this. is. I can attest, in fact, by itself. to how this, fine it is. By this, itself. for those of you who who uh, who would call it a sipper, this this works fine. The nice thing about something at this level is that because of the price point, it is very mixable, and you don't feel bad about going, "Hey, I spent this much money, and I'm going to dump it in some Coca Cola." Right. That's okay. Right. But uh, but at the same time, you're not getting something that you have to dump in Coca-Cola. It actually tastes fine by It actually itself. tastes good on its own. Yes. Yeah, and Nicaragua. Pour it over some ice cream. That's uh, not going to hurt anybody. No. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. In it's, Nicaragua, do you know how we say, we consume it? We use sparkling water, some Pellegrino, some mm-hmm. uh, seven-year-old with a twist of orange. Oh, I bet Very that's good. refreshing. Simple refreshing. 60 calories uh, is our rum. Um, nice. Basically, our seven-year-old. Yeah. That's great. Well, we sure do want to thank you for coming in and sharing your rums with us again. And we are excited to taste the the 30-year when that comes out. Just, Absolutely. Just because there's such a, uh, uh, you know, it's one of the wonderful things about doing a show like this is getting the opportunity to, to taste something like that. And to, at the very least, be able to share it with people and go, okay, here's what we thought. And if you've been wondering if you want to, you know, step up and buy a bottle of something Absolutely. that's this rare and this, because how many bottles of that are going to be released uh, total? So essentially, we produced one barrel last year, uh, okay. and it sold globally. And there was such high demand that we're coming out with a second barrel. Okay. Um, so we are only producing 457 bottles globally. Right. And so there's an allocation for the U.S. of about uh, 100 bottles. So it's 100 bottles total allocated for the U.S. Right. That means your chances of actually even getting your hands on one are not going to be that great. So That's right. So yeah. we, we are definitely going to have it here in Houston and throughout the state of Texas. Uh, and we have, I'll let you know who, who has purchased it. That will be good, uh, mm-hmm. good news to know. Well, we want to thank you, and we want to thank our, our friend Hamilton for setting all of this up uh, for us today. And, and, uh, and we're, uh, of course, we have a, a, an open invitation to him to be on the show anytime, too. And we appreciate uh, what you guys do. We love your product, and we uh, are looking forward to tasting uh, the 30. Ian, any uh, final or closing uh, thoughts, my friend? Oh, 
absolutely fantastic show today. Absolute blast. Mm -hmm. I have to tell you, uh, you can bring this beer every single time as a taster, uh, and I'll be mm -hmm. happy about that. Yeah, that's that's a pretty darn fine beer. uh, Anti-Meridian. And I loved the IPA, by the way. I thought that was just The IPA is quite good, too. You know what? All three beers were really good today. It's funny that we had a day where uh, neither one of us were real happy with our cigars, but 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 everything else was <laughs> but everything well, else was a pretty. Amazing, it is yeah. true that occasionally we get accused of liking everything, and, and <laughs> cigars are a, a, an example today. Yeah. Because honestly, most of the time I'm giving yeah. cigars at least a five or yeah. more because of how much I enjoyed the experience. But uh, but yeah, and I do promise to smoke another one of those in the next few weeks here and uh, come back with a, a follow up review because I have a feeling it'll be better. I have yeah. a feeling I just got one. That Sometimes that, that happens, and, and it That's does. Right. Cigars, you know, cigar rolling is is not a science; it's an art. So yeah. it's it's something that that takes, uh, you know, uh, takes into account that occasionally uh, things are going to happen, and so and so maybe that was the case. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here for smoking and toasting. We are uh, we are thrilled. Ultimately, what I think you do with a drunken sailor is you teach him that by elevating the quality of his rum. He might not have to invest so highly in the quantity oh, of call. his rum. <laughs> Sit nice. back and sip, and maybe you don't have to be the drunken sailor next time. Maybe you can just be the happily buzzed sailor. <laughs> it doesn't make for as good of a song, granted, but uh, uh, but but it, it, it could work for the sailor. Uh, thank you again, Samuel. Thank, thank you, you. Uh, Hamilton. Uh, thanks to Adam on the Wheels of Steel back uh, behind the producer's desk, and thanks to you guys for watching and listening and being a part of the smoking and toasting world empire. Yes, we are, we are bent on global domination, and if that doesn't work out, yeah, we'll just get together and we'll drink beer yeah Yeah, absolutely have a great week my friends and i will uh see you on the other side cheers everyone cheers Cheers. so good